Hello, people of Earth. Thank you for joining me for a new episode of Paranormally Speaking. I'm going to do something a bit different this week. I'm actually going to jump right into what I'm talking about. People describe unexplainable paranormal events they experienced as children. I asked you, the audience, to share some of your stories with me, and the response was a bit overwhelming. Like, for example, childhood, the formative years of a person's life, is also a time where some believe you possess a better connection to the supernatural. I've been saying that for years. Sensitivity towards the supernatural makes even more sense when you realize how many people remember unexplainable paranormal events from their childhood. In this episode, I'm going to share with you what the people recalled dozens of baffling, mysterious, and creepy ghost stories from when they were kids. Now, for example, I myself um, have had a lot of experiences as a kid. Well, had a lot of experiences as a kid, not have had. Um, For example, encountering the spirit of my grandfather on the anniversary week of his death from the age of four until I was about 12 or 13. Every week during that anniversary of his death, he would appear before me, reaching out to me as if to ask for help, looking as if he is in pain and anguish, and what never made sense to me until I was about 20-something when the truth was revealed to me that my grandfather had taken his own life was the fact that he looked like he was in a lot of pain, And he had wounds on his wrists and his throat and reaching for me. And I got serious in youth group and in church during my teen years. And when he appeared to me the final time, I prayed to Christ, to Jesus, which works for me, to please take him to where he needs to go to find peace. Take him out of this realm and let him cross over. And that was the end of it. I never saw it again. I never saw him again in that position. And even in adulthood, a particularly creepy experience as a child can still bring goosebumps to your skin. I'm not going to share every single encounter or experience I've had because that's a whole other episode. Quite a few of these stories speak of entities that haunted children further suggesting children carry a link between this world and another. The first one I will share with you is from Pollyanna584. Ghosts in the bedroom. So I'll start off by saying that I don't believe in ghosts. Also, the house this happened in was over 100 years old. When I was 15, my family and I went on vacation for three weeks. Like always, before we left, my dad went from room to room to make sure everything was turned off and anything with a power saver mode was unplugged. So we went and had a great time and flew back home. As we were talking, taking the turn to get onto my street, my house was on the corner. I look up at my room's window, which was on the side of the house. I saw a little girl standing in my window staring at me. I flipped out. I couldn't handle it. I was trying to convince myself that it was a reflection or something, but I really didn't did see a girl up there. Then we got to my room. The TV was turned on. 
but it was on a blue screen. Nothing else in the house was on. I turned the TV off and back on again, and it was just a regular channel at that point. I refused to sleep in my room that night. The next day, my mom remembered that our old neighbor used to live in the house when he was younger, so she called him. His wife answered, and we got some tragic news. He had passed away that week when we were gone. My mom told her the story, and she was told that he had a sister who passed away when she was nine in my room. I didn't sleep in that room for months. Another story from Shitty Chick Shuffle. It's called The House on Alder. When I was in high school, I lived in the basement of my family's house by myself. When we moved into the house, the basement was unfinished and had a painted outline of a body on the cement floor. The family claimed that it was a Halloween party decoration, and the basement also had a creepy, freaking crawl space, which always freaked me out when I was walking by it. My dad, who was a carpenter, finished the basement and built a room downstairs. Although I was creeped out by the crawl space, I agreed to move downstairs for more privacy. My closet was built right by the crawl space and would be open just a few inches every time I'd come back into my room. I would always just shut the closet door all the way at that point. One time, I noticed the door open. When I was in my bed, I got up and shut the door, turned back to my bed, and found the closet open again. At that point, I threw my closet door open and decided I'd never shut it again. Nothing happened for a while after that. Sometime later, I was getting home from school and walked down to my room. We also had a living room in the basement of my, and my sister had a particular spot on the couch where she would often read. I saw someone sitting in her spot on the corner, out of the corner of my eye, and assumed it was my sister. I said, hey, sis, walked into my bedroom to hear no response. I walked back out to see that no one was there. I walked up to my sister's room and went to turn the doorknob, but it was locked. We had a rule that we were not supposed to lock our doors. My sister's door would often lock on its own. My parents would get mad at her, and she would always claim that she never locked it. I knocked on the door, and when my sister answered, I asked why she didn't respond when I said hi to her on the couch. She said she hadn't been in her room since she got home from school and hadn't been in the basement at all. After a few years, my family moved out of the state. One of my friends from my old high school asked me to go to homecoming with her, so I traveled back for that. While at the after party, I saw a kid from my old neighborhood. He asked me if I used to live in the house on Adler. I asked, I told him that I had. He then asked if anyone ever saw any ghosts in the house. I was freaked out and told him I had and asked him how he knew. He told me his best friend lived in that house before me and he saw her too in the crawl space. After I drove back to my new house, I told my parents about what the kid had told me. My mom finally decided to tell us that the woman died in my sister's room before we moved in, and they didn't want us to be freaked out, so they did not tell us. Please hold for an important message from one of my sponsors. Computer, execute 12.4p operation. Optimizing algorithm. Running encryption packet alpha. Night, night. Oh, I don't feel so good. What? What is it, computer? Is it hot in here? It feels hot in here? I feel a little clammy. 
I should lie down or something. A computer with a virus? Surprising. What's not surprising? How much you could save by switching to GEICO. Those oysters Rockefeller were a mistake. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hey, great to be back. This is your host, Neil Parks, with Paranormally Speaking. That, of course, is what you're listening to today. If you're just tuning in, which I don't think you are, since this is not a live telecast, the next story shared with me is called The Strange Carcass of an Elk. Interesting title. This is from Reddit user Intensnerd. My dad and I were hunting in the mountains north of Idaho City. It was about twilight and we were hiking back to the car. When we began to smell something terrible, it smelled like burning bone and hair. The most, the worst stench I had ever experienced. The smell got worse and we kept hiking. We could hear what we thought was someone or something running at a great rate of speed from behind us. My dad grabbed me and held my face to his chest and dropped to the ground. I held close to him as the running got louder. Dad readying his rifle. I heard him say, Oh no, son, stand up, walk with me, look at the ground. Terrified, I stood. Stupid me turned around and looked. There were the remains of an elk. The head looked like it had been put in a blast furnace. The hair on the body was all singed and the hooves looked melted. The running was gone and had stopped. We moved closer to the car. It was now nearly dark. About 100 yards from the car, we heard the running again and we froze. All of a sudden, the forest lit up like noon in the middle of the day. We heard a very loud whoosh and then it was silent. The forest was dark and quiet, dead still. We booked it to the car, threw our gear in the back seat, and drove. I kept my head down and just started crying. Dad was stoic and silent. Halfway out of the woods, we saw the light again, bright as ever, but just for a second. We made it back to Idaho City and stopped at the Gold Mine Grill to regroup. When we were inside, and there was another hunter in there, he looked at us and said, Y'all see that shit? The next one is a twisted sister from Reddit user Sleep Always Party In. When we were younger, my sister used to say that she could hear and talk to ghosts in our house. It was always gave me chills. One night, we got scared and insisted she slept in my room. And she set herself to sleep on the floor next to my bed. After a couple of hours of not being able to fall asleep with her there, I heard her restlessly moving around and starting to talk. I heard her say, no, I can't, she's my sister. Peeked over the side of the bed and saw her face looking my way. Her face was all screwed up and dark and demonic looking. Didn't sleep much that night after I turned over and covered my head with the blankets. It happened in the basement. This one was shared from Reddit user Aljoe699. When I was about 12, I stayed over at my friend's house and slept in his finished basement. In the middle of the night, I heard someone walking around on the stone floor of the basement, but I could see there was no one there. After a minute or so, 
the footsteps stopped. When I told him about that the next day, he informed me that the previous owners had died in the basement as a result of a murder-suicide. The Albino Stranger. Interesting title. This is from Reddit user... What does that say? Hmm. Dick Che DP. When I was nine, my parents and I were watching TV in the living room of the on-campus apartment we lived in at the time. The couch was lined up with the hallway, so if you were sitting in it, you looked to your right and you'd see straight down the hallway to its end. As the far end of the hall, on the left side was my parents' bedroom. And on the right side across from that was the door to the bathroom. My mom was on my dad's left and I was on my dad's right. So I was closest to the hallway and both my parents to my left. Some sort of movement caught my attention out of the corner of my eye. So I turned and looked down the hall. I saw a roughly six foot tall person walking from the bathroom to the bedroom. Scared the crap out of me because the person was absolutely as albino looking as possible. I jumped at it and my dad asked what was wrong. I told him that what I had just seen, we both went down the hall to the bedroom and there was absolutely no one anywhere and nothing amiss in the bedroom. Additional detail was at the apartment building, which did not have a fire escape on the outside of the windows. So there was no way for someone to get in and no way for someone to get out from the bedroom without going through the hallway. We were on the fifth floor of the building. I still have absolutely no idea what I saw. I wasn't tired. It was about 6.30 p.m. We weren't watching anything scary. I think we were watching a rerun of some sitcom, probably Home Improvement, and I've never had a similar experience to it before or since. The next one is called Mom's Home from Satiric Rich. I was hanging out and talking with a friend of mine on the front porch of my dad's house in the middle of nowhere. I started to hear what sounded like footsteps and thought it was my dad doing it. But I looked at his feet and he wasn't moving them. He then asked me if I was the one making the noise. And then it hit me that someone or something was coming up the driveway. I looked to see. I could view the person coming up the drive and saw nothing. The footsteps then started to change from a walking pace to a full-on sprint towards us. My friend and I couldn't bolt inside the house fast enough. My mother had recently passed at the point had recently passed at the point at that point and to this day I think it was her coming back to whoop my ass with the belt one last time sounds like a violent relationship we had with his mother the terror teddy from fungal 24 you need to get that checked out when I was 10 we were getting ready to move and we had all of these boxes packed in the living room on top of one of the boxes it was a black teddy bear I had in my room that hadn't been packed one night, my mom asked if I could dig, some, dig out for something she needed out of one of the boxes. As I passed the teddy bear to get to the box, out of the corner of my eye, I saw the bear turn its head towards me. And then back forward, I freaked out so bad I screamed and went back to my mom, telling her what had happened. 
She didn't believe me because this was a standard teddy bear. The head wasn't movable or anything. But to this day, I cringe when I see black teddy bears. This kid is their grandfather from R Star 13. When I was very young, like four or five, I told my parents about a car crash I was in with my brother and sisters. My parents reminded me I was I had one brother and one sister. I told them it was my other family, the one from before. I apparently told them details about an accident my grandfather had when he was a young man with his siblings, later verified by my widowed grandmother. Beyond that, my grandfather was a very brief minor league hockey player. When I was first put on the ice, I just started skating and told my mom, this is how I used to skate when I played hockey. My entire family has a small story about weird things that I used to say and do in regards to the way my grandfather, who died five years before I was born, each occurring up until I was about 10 years old, and then I stopped. That's an accepted fact to my family that I'm the reincarnation of him. I, however, just remember as a kid really liking Ninja Turtles, salami sandwiches, and watching Price is Right with my grandmother. And then, pennies from heaven. From Big Blue Box 12. Pennies used to fall on me. I would be sitting on the floor, playing on or running around outside, and a penny would just fall from above me out of nowhere. It happened from the age of 5 to maybe 13, and it would just happen randomly. A few times a week, in fact. I got so used to it, I'd just pick up the penny, pocket it, and go about my business. I had forgotten all about it until recently when I was sitting on the couch and a penny bounced off my head. I'm 26 years old now, and it's been about 13 years since I last remember it happening. I have other stories, but that's definitely the longest running one. And please hold for a, a brief moment. I'll be back after a word from my sponsor. Unparalleled insider access. Get it all. Introducing the SiriusXM Platinum VIP Plan. Our newest, most exclusive plan. Listen in two cars, plus stream anywhere with two app logins. Access a massive, exclusive library of live concert video and audio recordings through nugs.net. Have opportunities to experience live and virtual SiriusXM events, including VIP-only exclusives. Get all your questions answered by a dedicated VIP customer care team. Plus, get all the entertainment we've got. It's all included with your Platinum VIP subscription. Be a VIP. Call 844-711-8800 to learn more. Offer details apply. One login for activated vehicle. Not available in Canada. Hey, we're back. Uh, today's episode, I was talking earlier about strange things that children have told their parents or friends or family, things they've experienced, stories that have been shared with me from people who've also had these experiences. And it, we have a lot of credit to give to shows like Psychic Kids with Chip Coffee, you know, Paranormal Kids, Unsolved Mysteries even, and in relationship to stories and 
tales of children who share their experiences with the paranormal and the unknown, things they've seen, they've heard, memories they've shared. And that sort of stokes my own memories. Uh, For example, from the age of about 4 to 11, every year during the week anniversary of my grandfather's death, I would see him walking the property uh, for which he and my grandmother and their offspring owned. And he looked unsettled, like he was in anguish or pain and reaching out to me. And I would tell my grandmother and she would tell me just to ignore it. He's just checking in on us. Just ignore it. He's not going to hurt you. And that sort of started my fascination with the paranormal and stories that my grandmother shared with me about her childhood and strange things that she saw and heard and her and her sister had experienced with the mountain witch or um, a ghostly encounter in the kitchen that my great aunt had when she was a teenager. Even stories my own parents have shared with me about their paranormal experiences that later in life they decided to ignore and suppress tapping into those energies, if you want to call it psychic energy, um, which they also advised me to ignore when I had experiences. But I went the exact opposite direction and embraced the signs, embraced the visions, embraced the sounds, the smells of otherworldly phenomenon. Now back to my grandfather. I would see him during the week of the anniversary of his death. And he would be reaching out to me or opening his mouth, but no sound would come out. I, I heard nothing. I, could, I just got a feeling that he was in need. He needed help. And I didn't start attending of church regularly until I was maybe nine or ten. And, you know, we had gone here and there, a bit of a spotty um, attendance record, but my parents decided to become members at a local church and that's where I ended up. And the closer I got to Christ, the more intense the visions and the ability became almost as if it was a spiritual gift. And every year during that week anniversary of my grandfather's death, after that, it became more and more clear that he was calling out and crying out for help. Now, it wouldn't be until my 20s that I was told the truth as to why and how he died. Unfortunately, he had taken his own life when I was three years old. And I was told he had just died of old age. But when the truth came out, it all made sense because it would be right before I turned 12, that I saw him again during that same time period. And it just dawned on me to pray for him, pray him through to the light, to the next level. It's just something that I I would say was uh, God incidence instead of a coincidence. God spoke to me and said, now's your time, Neil, help him. He's a disembodied spirit. And let's work together to get him to cross over. Because he had been in limbo, essentially. Like what the Catholic Church teaches is purgatory. 
and calls it that. So in a sense, I like to think that I used my spiritual gift for good and helped a disembodied spirit, a lost soul. Because after that encounter and the prayer that I said, the vision stopped. I no longer saw or felt him metaphysically on the property. He had moved on. He had crossed over. And, the, you know, this doesn't work for everyone, of course. Not everyone is a Christian on this planet. I know it's a surprise. Not everyone in America is going to pray to Jesus Christ. They may pray to Muhammad. They may say prayers to Buddha or the million or more gods that the Hindus worship. But all in all, the primary factor is God the Father, God the Creator, because we've all been created by a higher power, a higher being, whether it be extraterrestrial or a celestial being. We all want to do good deep down inside. We all want to do good on this planet and help each other. I like to think that most of us do. So I've used that gift and ability in the past to help the lost. And like I mentioned in the beginning of this, shows like Paranormal Kids or Psychic Kids or Psychic Children, AI, it's, it's that. And movies like The Sixth Sense, Poltergeist, even The Exorcist, unfortunately, in the darker turns of the paranormal where full-on demonic possession takes place because you openly invite a dark entity or a demon to inhabit you. Movies and shows like that have really piqued the interest of so many, and, and it makes what I do, what I write about, what I talk about openly more socially acceptable. And the days of people branding you as a witch or laughing at you and saying, yeah, there's demons in your sock drawer or, oh, Neil saw a ghost. Now people sit up straight and take notice and they pay attention and they listen to these stories and they watch them avidly, religiously, and they follow them in Hollywood and they watch these movies. And then they themselves feel compelled to share their experiences. And that's what I do here. People send me texts, emails, they meet up with me at a convention or a festival or a book signing. God, I can't wait to start doing those again now that this pandemic is getting further and further behind us and I've been vaccinated. And they share these stories with me. And I use this podcast and my YouTube channel and my literary gifts and relay them to you, the listener, the reader, the viewer, whatever you prefer to call yourself. Please hold for an important message from our sponsor. Now playing one of the biggest podcasts of the week on the free iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. My niece, Lisa, passed away at 13 months old. She was two months older than my daughter. When my daughter was about three, we were looking through pictures and she pointed to my niece's picture and said, that's my friend, baby Lisa. She plays with me in the sandbox and she lives far, far away. This was sent to me from at J-E-A-M-A-R-914. The man in the hallway. This was sent to me from Melissa Gillette. My five-year-old grandson just nonchalantly asked me why the man in the hallway is watching us. For the record, I live alone. 
Ghostly Grandma. This was sent to me from former GOP mom. My mom died five years before my kids were born. But when they were old enough to talk, they told me how she sat on their bed at night and told them stories of me as a child and her nickname for me. Everything she said was true. Premonitions. This was sent to me from Haley, H-A-Y-L-E-Y, underscore Dr. P-H. My mother tells me that when I was four, I came into the kitchen and told her that her uncle was dead and that he had said goodbye. She was upset and told me not to say such things. Moments later, the phone rang and the person calling told her that her uncle had just died. Aunt Peg. This was from Dr. Conway. When my son was about two, we were napping on the second floor of our small row home in Philadelphia. All of a sudden, he pointed at the window and said, Hi, Aunt Peg. A few minutes later, the phone rang, and we found out that my husband's Aunt Peg had just passed. I'll never forget it. No jumping on the bed. This was sent to me from at say underscore I underscore do. My dad passed in 1987. My daughter was born in 1993. At one and a half, she was jumping on my mom's bed. My mom and I were singing the monkey song. Then baby girl stopped, sat down on the bed. Granddaddy said no jumping on the bed. My dad never let us jump on the bed when we were kids. Gettysburg expert. From Lorraine Leon. When my son was five, we took a trip to Gettysburg. He kept correcting the tour guide. I asked him how he knew this information. He said the man in the uniform was telling him this. My son's information was correct. In fact, it was more precise than the tour guide's information. Imaginary friend named Eddie. This was sent to me from I am Karen at K-A-R-E-N-H-7463. My friend told me a story of the five-year-old whose family moved into my childhood home. He had an imaginary friend named Eddie, who was three. I have a great uncle who died in that home, who was three at the time of his death. His name was Edward. I used to watch you and mommy. This is from Doug and Judy. My six-year-old does this often. She told my wife and I at dinner, one night I used to watch over you and mommy when you were little. Another time she told us she met her brother, who had died five years before she was born. Laughing and smiling and waving. From Lady Diane, 2017. My terminally ill husband passed away in our bedroom. About five years later, at the age of 18 months, my grandson sat on my bed. All of a sudden, he started laughing and smiling and waving to the area where the hospital bed had been. That area was empty. Grandma says bye. This is from DKB1355. My nephew was three. I walked into the room, and he was in a conversation. I asked who he was talking to. He said, Grandma. He told me very specific details and things about Grandma. He said, Grandma says bye. 
I said, Grandma left? He said, Grandma said you wouldn't believe I was talking to her because you're not a kid. Farmer and a past life. My nephew at age five told us he was once a farmer with three kids who lived in a town in Wisconsin. He said he missed the kids. He never forgot it. We never forgot it, but he did. The clencher, the town he named, exists. Not a common name either. This was from at I am Kane 3. Sweet grandfather. This is from at Medic Tromasher. I was 15 when my grandfather passed. My parents were at the hospital and I was at home asleep. I heard my grandfather call my name and he was in my bedroom. He put the stuffed dog he wanted for me on my bed and said, See ya, my girl. Grandpa's cologne. This is from Sabrina Zombie. Right after my oldest was born, I walked into the nursery. He and the nursery smelled like my father's cologne. My dad died 10 months before he was born. My son has smelled like that cologne after as well on many occasions. Now he wears it. He took a liking to it. Bump. This was sent to me from Katie Wells. My now adult son had multiple imaginary friends. One was named Bump. One day when I was in the shower, he shouted into the bathroom, Mommy, Bump watches you when you are in the shower. The Bulldog Knows. This was sent to me from Ava Roby. My one-and-a-half-year-old bulldog lays on my bed and will talk to my husband, who died. Bulldogs are talkers, lots of noises in his chair, and she'll pause like she's listening, and more talk. He died in 2018. I got her in the fall of 2019. She tosses a ball to the chair. Her other mother. This was sent to me from Sassy Kadik. My youngest went on about her other mother from age two to five. The stories she told still haunt me to this day. The last time I was there, this was sent to me from Candy DeLong. When my daughter was around three, she told me the last time I was here, I was a boy, very calmly and dug into some French toast. 30 years later, I'm still stunned. True story. Please hold for an important word from our sponsor. Available to order now, my first audiobook, Neil Parks Presents Truly Terrifying Tales, narrated by me. It's ready to order and download on bandcamp.com. My other books, of course, are always available to order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and lulu.com. You can also order t-shirts that I designed, that I normally sell at conventions, festivals, lectures, and my book signings. I always have the 9-inch tall 3D printed Bigfoot silhouettes available, and last spring my first children's book was released. It was written by my good friend and fellow author, R.L. Walker. I illustrated this book, and it was a major shift in gears for me, considering that my writing and art style has always been dark and scary. To order any of what I just mentioned, you can also go to my email, which is parksparanormal at gmail.com. That is parksparanormal at gmail.com. 
standing by. That's it for this week. That is all. I hope you enjoyed what I shared with you. And maybe if you have strange or unnerving tales that you yourself have experienced, you wouldn't mind sending them my way via my email, parksparanormal at gmail.com. I'd be happy to share them or discuss things with you if you want to keep it private. You can always reach me day or night. Be sure to join me next week for more Strange and Unusual as we dive deeper into Paranormally Speaking. This is Season 5 of my podcast. I believe this was Episode 12. So thank you for sticking with me. Have a great weekend, a great life, and be good to those around you. Thank you. And this is Neil Parks, signing off. Thank you.